We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Rolling on the Gabe Kuntz on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's not every day we get to talk to an absolute legend of the game. 44 years, whether it's Cincinnati Inquirer, Newsday, SI, working for NBC for the last few here. Monday morning quarterback was always a staple that you that you had to read every Monday morning growing up if you followed the NFL. But we bring on uh, Odyssey NFL insider Peter King, who has announced his retirement um, just earlier this week. He is on X at Peter underscore King. Peter, how's it going, man? Hey, everything's good. Thanks a lot for having me. It's been uh, been 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 quite a week. Yes, uh, is your phone physically heavier from all the the farewell messages <laughs> and the congrats? Yeah, it's weird. Somebody said to me, "So who's the most who's the most who's the person you heard from that surprised you the most?" And I said, "This was about three hours ago." I said, "I I have gotten through about half of my." Phone messages slash text slash emails. Right. So I I'm sure there are some in there that will surprise me. But the fact is, you know, Tuesday I tried to not deal with it all that much. I had a lot of media I had to do on Tuesday, and I just figured when it settles down a little bit, I'll sit down and I'll read everything. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. No, I know you laid this out um, with your with your piece on NBC Sports, but what what told you it was time? What 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 were the main things that told you, hey, it's time to step back from this thing? I know you have not closed the door on on certain media things. You talked about um, within it, you know, uh, you heard somebody basically say, you know, what are you going to do when you get bored? Um, and you're basically uh, going by the thought process of, I, I want to know what I will do when I get bored. Yeah, I want to have the exactly. opportunity and show myself that opportunity. But what what told you it was time? Yeah, I mean, I'm 66 years old. My father and my two brothers were all dead by 64. The three people I've probably been closest to in this business over the years, Will McDonough, uh, Paul Zimmerman, and Don Banks, all either died on the job or as a result of doing the job. Um, And that hit home to me quite a bit. And the fact that I really have been selfish a lot in my career. I've missed a lot. When you do this job and you're away almost every weekend while your kids are growing up, look, that's the price you pay. If you don't want to do it, don't do the job. I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying Look, I'm 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 at risk if I keep going the way I've been going. That I missed a lot with my kids. I'm going to miss with my three grandchildren too. And I just said I thought it was enough. I think the one other thing that happened to me is that I realized, even though I loved doing the job, and like you know, the last two columns I did before my farewell column on Monday, I rode to work with Kyle Shanahan and spent 80 minutes with him. Uh, during the off week when he was preparing for the Super Bowl. And then 
you know, I was with Andy Reid in his office for 10 minutes and had him explain the winning play, Tom and Jerry, uh, in this Super Bowl, the pass to McCole Hardman. And, you know, so, you know, I, I, I wanted to make absolutely unequivocally sure that I wasn't mailing it in at the end. And, and I just kind of felt t- sort of at the end, I have very, very little interest in the scouting combine. I used to love it. Right. And I have very little interest in coaching searches. I used to love that. And you realize that if you have very little interest in lifeblood things in the NFL, that it's time to go. And so I knew it was time to go. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mentioned you're 66. You talk about selfish. I'm going to be selfish for a second. You're 66. You're talking to 28 right now. 28 years old. <laughs> when, when you talk about your career and what made you successful and, and sort of what, what, what the lessons are that you learned along the way, like what can, what can you sort of share, like whether with young journalists, with me, about what helped you along the way? I used to think that the most important part of my year was the month that I tried to go to about 20 NFL training camps every year. Why was that important? Because during the season, everything is so regimented uh, with the teams. If you go in there and try to write a story and everybody is so busy and you don't really get legitimate time in order to spend 45 minutes with Andy Reid, you've got to go to St. Joseph, Missouri in the first week of August. So that's how I really established a lot of relationships. Every year, I used to go on this long training camp tour, and that's one of the things I mean about, you know, you make the family sacrifices. Hey, see you in a month. I mean, that's not easy when your kids are eight and five years old, which they were at one point. So I think that's one thing. I think the second thing that is vitally important is that if you have something bad to say about a team, a player, or whatever, either show your face or text somebody and say, hey, listen, this is what I wrote, and I know you'd probably be upset about it, but I'm around if you want to talk. So you have to be responsible, and I think those things are fairly important in this business in almost any aspect of journalism. Show up and be responsible and show your face when when you're critical of somebody. Yeah, something I, I, I notice with, with your work and how you operate is like you see a lot of guys as they grow older in their in their sports writing days, when in their journalism days, you see them get jaded to a certain certain extent. And and that's something I never saw from you. I don't think anybody ever sort of felt that. How how did you how did you keep from doing that? Because I know you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of guys that sort exactly of take these things. I know exactly what you're talking about. Take these things for it's granted and it feels people- like you never did. It's a bunch of people in a lot of ways who get older and they start thinking of, they start acting kind of like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. (laughs) I mean, if anybody saw that movie, they know that he's an old man who's mad at the world. And for whatever reason, a lot of people, sometimes they get mad at the world and they carry that over into their job. I would be the dumbest person in the history of this job if, 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 if like, uh, you know, the week before the Super Bowl, if I get in a car with Kyle Shanahan and I talk to him about his hopes and dreams and about not being able to win the big one, about Brock Purdy, about all that stuff, are you kidding me? Everybody in our business wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I'd be an idiot if I would be bitter that 
you know, an hour and 20 minutes after the Super Bowl, I'm alone in Andy Reid's office with my videographer, and he's explaining Tom and Jerry, which was the winning play in, in right. the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, how, how can you be bitter and unhappy about those moments? I can't be. And so I always thought to myself, I have the job that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, if you're bitter about that, you know, you, you need to retire. Luckily, I never got bitter about it. I loved every day I was in the job. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. You see uh, with some journalists, it's not – they don't make the effort to put other young journalists on. But, I, you know, you've yeah. seen this week Ross Tucker talk about it. I have a buddy named Tashawn Reed that you're familiar with, and I know I you've helped Tashaun him. Reed. I know you've helped him in his career. Like, what, what – what sort of made you feel as if you needed to give back to the younger journalists throughout your career? I'll, tell you, I'll tell you exactly, and I'm really, really glad you asked me that question because I look back at my first, say, 25 years in this business, and I'm not all that proud of what I did because I was working for Sports Illustrated. There was a lot of pressure on me to write things that nobody else wrote, so I would go to a game on Sunday and I'd look around the press box, and there might be 250 media people in there at a big game. And I'd look around, and I would say, I want to kick everybody's rear end in this place. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to share. I didn't want to help. I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to dominate the beat. And it got to me, it, 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 it got to about 10, 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, where I started to say, you know, don't be a turd, really. Stop being a jerk. You need to share what you know, and you need to leave people who you like and respect with some help. You need to help them. You need to give them your advice. So like the last three Super Bowls, you know what is the most fun thing I've done at the Super Bowl? Literally the most fun thing I did. Midweek, I've had a a dinner and just invited a bunch of young writers. Some of them I didn't even know. But people who I was impressed with, and we had 60, we had 17 people at our dinner this year in Vegas at the Super Bowl. And I said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the table, and everyone here is going to talk about something that they learned in this last year, this last calendar year, that is going to help everybody at the table do their job better. Mm-hmm. And I wish I did this for the last 20 years. Right not the last three years. And so that's, I, I, I think that the one thing that I, that I really loved over the last 10 years is how much interaction and how much I've gotten to know a lot of these young writers. And, I, and I'll tell you, there's some fantastic talent on the way that people are going to be reading over the next few years. And not only reading, but, but watching, you know, either NFL Network, ESPN, whatever. But I, I I really like doing that. In honor of that, name a few names. I want to hear a few names. of uh, Give okay, my listeners a couple of guys. Solak. He's, 20, he's right. 26 years old. He works at The Ringer, and he's got a column every Monday. And I started to read it, and I say, holy crap, this guy is a better. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A writer than me, and he's 26 years old. He went to the University of Chicago. No idea he was ever going to be a football writer. And now he's one of the best young ones. Kaylin Kaler at The Athletic. I think she's 30. She used to work for me at the MMQB at Sports Illustrated. She is a tough character. She's not going to take any crap from anybody. And then uh, one other one I really have gotten to like a lot is Jordan Rodriguez at The Athletic. Mm -hmm. She did an incredible podcast series on the new coaches who are influencing the NFL, like McVay and Shanahan and and LaFleur. And those are three who you you need to get to know, get to learn, and follow over the next few years because they're going to be great. Yep. Now, Monday morning quarterback, what do you think made it so successful through the years? What what are the things? Because because I started doing that column in 1997 when nobody had any idea what the Internet was or what the future of it was. And within five or six or seven years, all of a sudden, at Sports Illustrated, that was getting a better reaction than what I would write in the magazine. And so, you know, I think it's because I took pride in it. I wanted it to be great. I wanted, if I was going to do something, I barely knew what the Internet was. I didn't even have an email address right. in 1997. I didn't know anything about this stuff. But if I was going to do it, I wanted to do something that would make everybody go read it. And after a while, a lot of people would want to go read that on Monday. So I was just fortunate that I accepted the web maybe a little earlier than other people did. Yeah, and it's about being malleable. And was that transition tough, though? That's, that's the real question. No. Not no, at all? Not at all, because one of my best friends, my pro football editor, took over the website, and he needed help. And so I love this guy. His name was Steve Robinson. So I said, hey, I'll help you. And it's just, I hate to say it because it sounds so corny. It's like being a team player. There was a guy at my company who needed me. I love doing it anyway. I would have done it probably even if it was an enemy who asked me. But I I love doing it, and it became an awful lot of fun. Yeah. Now, you held post there at SI for a long, long time, 1989 to, to 2018. Well, what do you think about, you know, the direction it's gone and, and where we're at with Sports Illustrated? Still some very talented I mean, writers there, but it definitely needs, tough. It, SI needs a sugar daddy right now <laughs> and in a hurry because, you know, it's it's a grim scene over there. And a lot of my friends who still work there, I feel for them a lot because they have no idea from one day to another if they're going to be bought by somebody, if they're going to still have their job or whatever. And so it's difficult. It's really difficult, and I'm sad for it. But in some ways, you know, it's just time marching on. It's like, geez, Peter, you're not working anymore. Hey, look, time marches on. It it comes, end times come for us all. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think so, just keep working and keep getting overtaken by the new kids on the block, which is starting to happen with me. And you know what? I kind of like it yep. um, because I know it's their time and they'll do great. Yep. Now talking with Peter King, now I know how hard this is after 44 years to just like, uh, you know, nail down one story that you covered or one situation you were a part of. But what, what was your favorite story to cover through all your years? I know that there's probably several the most, at the time. I think the one that I look back on with the most pride is, 
2013, I did a story for SI and the MMQB called A Week in the Life of an Officiating Crew. Mm-hmm. Look, officiating crews, it's like being behind, uh, being in the Kremlin. Nobody has any idea what happens with those guys, but they allowed me to spend a week with Gene Steratore's officiating crew, and it was utterly fantastic. I was with Gene Steratore, who now obviously is on CBS, in his house when the grades came in from the previous Sunday's game. This was Tuesday about 10 o'clock in the morning, and he made two errors in the game on Sunday. Uh, and, uh, you know, he closes up the, uh, the program, you know, on his computer, gets up, starts walking through his house, and he just mutters, there goes the Super Bowl. Right. And I saw the real drama of what it's like to be on an officiating crew. One, the back judge, Dino Paganelli, was a social studies teacher at a high school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I sat in on his classes one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just I saw the real world of NFL officials. And then I was with them at Soldier Field in Chicago for their game uh, that that weekend. So so look, I, I love that one. I love the I took a bus ride across the country in 1990 right. with John Madden, uh, which was, you know, one of my all time favorites. But look, I, yeah, I've been so fortunate to do so many good, fun, informative stories that I think will live on and, you know, I'm pretty proud of. How were the bells and whistles on the Madden bus, by the way? 55 hours, 3,000 miles you covered. What was it like in that bus? Well, the back 40% of the bus is John Madden's bedroom. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, that guy could sleep like a horse. He, I mean, I'm serious. He could sleep for like 10 hours in a row on a bus. I couldn't believe it. And he kept telling me, he goes, listen, if you can't sleep, this thing is not going to work. You're just not going to be able to do it because if you're always tired and you're, you're falling asleep during the day, then there's no way you can travel. But he said, I sleep better on the bus than I do in my bedroom, either in, he had homes in Manhattan and in, uh, in the Bay area of California. So uh, that was that was pretty that was a treat. Quite yeah. honestly, it was fun. Yeah. Now I got you for about a minute and a half, and I have to ask you about something right this second. We have the yeah. Caleb Williams Justin Fields thing going on right now. Um, will they draft Caleb Williams at one? Will they trade that pick? Will they trade Justin Fields? Where where? How should we feel about that at this particular moment? Well, I I don't know what they were going to do. A year ago, I sat in the uh, in the suite with Ryan Poles, the general manager of the. Uh, of the bears. And we had a lot of good, really good discussions, 45 minutes or an hour. And I had a good idea that they were going to look for the best offer for the number one pick in the draft. And they ended up getting a pretty good offer for it. And so uh, in my opinion, I think they ought to keep Justin Fields, trade the pick and build the foundation of the next great NFL team. And and I just really question whether they're going to do that. Right. I think I think they might trade fields, um, you know, for something, and then draft Caleb Williams. And again, look, I'm very open with this. I don't know Caleb Williams very well. I've seen him play two football games in my life, so I can't tell you whether he's going to be great or whether he's going to be Ryan Leaf. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I do think that a bird in the hand of having eight or nine picks in the top two rounds 
of the next two drafts to build a generational football team uh, with, I think, a good quarterback, not a great one in Justin Fields, but a good one. I think that team could win a lot. You look at teams over the course of time. Look at the Giants in the 80s and early 90s. Phil Simms, not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but good enough. And, and at his peak, very good, quite honestly. They won two Super Bowls. Look, look at Washington teams of the 80s and early 90s. They won three Super Bowls with a bunch of Stan Humphreys at quarterback. So I would rather have a great team with a B or B minus quarterback than risk uh, having, because nobody really knows what Caleb right. Williams is going to be. You can say whatever you want, and it looks like he's a great prospect, but there's just no guarantee. No question about it. Well, Peter, you're so uh, tremendous with your time. I appreciate it. Congrats on 44 great years. Looking forward to see more, seeing more of you, though, as years go along. Thanks. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, appreciate you having me. Absolutely. That is Peter King, tremendous sports writer for 44 years, from 1989 to 2018, uh, right there with Sports Illustrated. Monday morning quarterback, everybody knows about it and just enjoys that column. But he is Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. He is on X at Peter underscore King. I, one thing that I really want to latch on to, though, Connor, is because we've had conversations about this, and, and I'm glad sort of, uh, you know, Peter talked about it this way and was, was willing to discuss it with me, is, you know, you see guys as they get older, uh, when they've been been at the top of the mountain, they tend to get jaded. They tend to get in these positions. That's one thing Peter never seemed to do. I, you know, all the stories from a lot of the people that I talk to, he's always there to help young writers along. And that is just not common in this industry. It's just not. It doesn't happen. Yeah, you, you love to hear it because, you know, I know when both of us were coming out, uh, we reached out to people and we were lucky enough for them to help us along. So him doing that for young journalists and giving advice and, and keeping it realistic for what the lifestyle is going to be like is tremendous. And it really helps young people come along and jump into this industry because it's not an easy industry to jump into. So having somebody at the very tip top of the mountain like lay a path for them is huge. Yep, yeah, 100%. But I'm glad he gave us a little bit of time. But he has uh, decided he's going to retire. That's Peter King, sports writer for 44 years. Sports Illustrated, 89 to 2018, three-time National Sports Writer of the Year. I'm blessed, blessed today to be able to bring Peter on to the show. Now, we need to go ahead and grab a break because usually we start Wednesday by getting to overreaction, not an overreaction. But things happen. You don't have a chance to talk to somebody like Peter King every day. So we'll get to overreaction, not an Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.